0: Welcome to Music History Monday for May 29th, 2023. I'm Bob Greenberg, and the title for today's podcast is Itzak Albini. If you haven't already, please consider joining me on my subscription site at patreon.com slash Robert Greenberg Music, where I blog, vlog, podcast, pontificate, review, and bloviate four to six times a week. On may twenty ninth, eighteen sixty, one hundred and sixty-three years ago today, the composer and pianist Isaac Albini was born in Camperdon, Spain. Albini was a brilliant pianist, and as evidenced by his twelve movement suite for piano entitled Iberia, written between nineteen oh five and nineteen oh nine, he was, as well, a composer of genius. However, before we can get to Maestro Albini, I would beg your indulgence while we celebrate this remarkable day in music history. Also born on this date was the Austrian-American composer Eric Wolfgang Korngold, who came into this world in 1893 in Brno In what today is the Czech Republic. He died in Los Angeles in 1957. The Romanian-born Greek composer Iannis Xenakis was born on this day in 1922 in Brela, Romania. He died in Paris in 2001. The American singer, songwriter, and composer Danny Elfman was born on this day in 1953, the singer LaToya Jackson in 1956, and the Academy Award and Grammy Award-winning singer and songwriter Melissa Etheridge in 1961. Sadly, but not unexpectedly, notable people from the world of music passed away on this date as well. May 29, 1910, saw the death of Mile Belakerev in St. Petersburg. He was 73 years old. On this day in 1911, the poet and librettist William S. Gilbert, of Gilbert and Sullivan fame, left this veil of tears at the age of 74. On this day in 1935, the Czech violinist and composer Josef Suk died at the age of 61, And on May 29, 2005, the American composer George Rockberg died at 86. Here's a particularly grim date-related item. On May 29, 1999, 24 years ago today, a group of photographers looking for old car wrecks to photograph at the bottom of Decker Canyon near Malibu, California, found a bit more than they bargained for a wrecked car tricked out with its own skeletal remains still inside. Those remains belonged to Philip Kramer, the former bassist with Iron Butterfly, who had disappeared four years before, on February 12, 1995. His death was eventually ruled a suicide. Sticking with Grimm, May 29th also marks the 326th anniversary of the assassination of the 44-year-old Italian castrato Giovanni Grossi, known popularly as Siface, One of the most famous singers of the entire Baroque era, Siface met his end on May 29th, 1697. On the road between Bologna and Ferrara at the hands of bravi, meaning thugs slash muscle, in the employ of a nobleman with whose wife Sifaci had had a liaison. Well, so much for the erroneous perception that those without balls cannot have a ball. A crude statement, yes, but physiologically accurate And still, May 29 is a gift that keeps on giving. On May 29, 1942, Bing Crosby recorded Irving Berlin's White Christmas. Crosby's recording won an Oscar for Best Song and sold over 50 million copies worldwide. The link provided transits to Der Bingle and Marjorie Reynolds introducing White Christmas in the movie Holiday Inn of 1942. But wait, there's more, because on May 29th, 1913, 110 years ago today, the most famous riot in Western music history broke out during the first performance of Igor Stravinsky's The Rite of Spring at Paris's Théâtre des Champs-Élysées. The riot was the topic of Music History Monday. On May 29th, 2017. Okay, deep cleansing breath. It is time to talk about Itzhak Albany and his supreme masterwork, his 12-movement suite for solo piano entitled Iberia. As happens not infrequently here on these august pages, our exploration of Albany's life, his Spanish heritage, and the impact of that heritage on the creation and content of Iberia will take us through both today's Music History Monday and tomorrow's Dr. Bob Prescribes post. Preliminaries, Spain and Spanish folk music. In terms of the abundance, the variety, and the preservation of its folk music heritage, Spain stands apart from the rest of Western Europe. To a degree unique in Western Europe, old traditions and festivals have been preserved in Spain, and with them, music that evolved long ago to accompany those traditions and festivals. Spanish folk music is characterized by an astonishing degree of regional diversity, a diversity created and maintained by two factors, geography and invasions. Geography. The Iberian Peninsula, which includes the countries of Spain, Portugal, and the Principality of Andorra, is crisscrossed by mountain ranges. These mountain ranges Are effective cultural barriers between regions and have thus intensified the distinctive cultural character of various regions on the Iberian Peninsula, particularly in Spain. Invasions. Spain has been invaded, pillaged, and occupied by more races, ethnicities, and nationalities than a discount table at Walmart. Greeks, Carthaginians, Celts, Romans, North African Berbers, Visigoths, Arabs, among others, have all marched through and left something of their cultures and genomes behind to intermix and congeal into cultures quite new. Other, less militant, but still genetically and culturally influential groups have trundled through as well. Jews, Gypsies, Equatorial Africans... Byzantines, French troubadours, Italian and English traders, and Native Americans brought back from the colonies in the New World have passed through Spain as well, leaving something of their lives, genes, and cultural heritage behind. Nowhere is this cultural mishmash more pronounced and its results more dramatic than in Andalusia, the southernmost and most populous region of Spain. A bit of history. In 19 BCE, the Romans completed their conquest of the Iberian Peninsula, a region they called Hispania. Hispania quickly became one of the richest of all Roman territories, the breadbasket for much of the empire and a rich source of minerals and metals. It was a rich source of human capital as well. Hispanic soldiers were known for their toughness and enterprise, and three Roman soldiers of Hispanic origin went on to become three of Rome's greatest emperors, Trajan, Hadrian, and Marcus Aurelius. As all things do, the Roman Empire eventually weakened and died. By the 5th century, the early 400s, Hispania had been ravaged and occupied by a succession of Central European, that is, Germanic tribes, the Swabi, the Visigoths, and the Vandals among them. But no single foreign invasion was to have a more lasting impact on Spain than the one that occurred between 711 and 718 when Muslim armies conquered nearly all of the Iberian Peninsula. These Muslim invaders were collectively referred to by Europeans as Moors. They consisted of Berbers, North Africans, Black Africans, and Arabs. The Moorish invaders called their new European territory Al-Andalus. Over time, European Christian armies chipped away at Al Andalus. In 1085, King Alfonso VI of Leon and Castile captured the great cultural city of Toledo, 42 miles south of Madrid. In 1249, the Reconquista, the reconquering, of what today is Portugal was complete. Eventually, all that was left of Moorish Spain was the Emirate of Granada in the south. 1492 was quite a year for the Spanish King Ferdinand II of Aragon and his queen, Isabella I of Castile. Not only did they finance that crazy Genoese fella, Christopher Columbus, but they oversaw the final Reconquista of Spain. On January 2nd of 1492, after a grinding 10-year war, the Moorish Sultan, the Twelfth surrendered the fortress palace of Granada, the famed Alhambra itself, to the Spanish throne. With that, nearly 800 years of Muslim rule in Spain came to an end. The last Moorish region of Spain, the Emirate of Granada, more or less retained its Moorish name of Al-Andalus, and is known as Andalusia to this day. While Muslim rule in Spain might have been over, its cultural impact surely was not. And nowhere is that more true than in Andalusia, with its incredible synthesis of Christian and Muslim, European and African cultures. It's a fact that many of the cultural elements that we, today, consider to be quintessentially Spanish, like flamenco, bullfighting, and Moorish-styled architecture, all originated in Andalusia. Itzhak Albini, as an honorary Andalusian. Yeah, despite the fact that Albany himself was from the north of Spain, the son of a Basque father and a Catalan mother, it was the South, Andalusia, that seduced him with its exotic multicultural spirit and music. So despite the fact that Albany entitled his masterwork for piano Iberia, 11 of its 12 movements are about Andalusia. Itzak, Manuel Francisco Albany e Pasqual, the man and his life. The adult Albany was short, round, bearded, and a gentleman in every sense of the word. The French music critic Georges Jean Aubry remembered Albany this way: quote, "The kindness and generosity of the man were unsurpassable." He was unstinting in his praise of others. His talk was always of friendship, affection, or joy. I never saw him otherwise. Unquote. The French pianist and teacher, Marguerite Long, praised him for his quote, kindness and devotion, unquote. while the composer Paul Ducat summed him up as being quote, a Don Quixote with the manner, of a Sancho Panza." If we must fault him something, it was that Albany, who lived a fascinating life by any standard, had an unfortunate tendency to exaggerate and even fabricate all sorts of biographical data. He was a pianistic child prodigy, although his claim that he ran away from home at twelve, stowed away on a ship for Buenos Aires and then, traveling by himself, concertized around the world is (laughs) patently false. Likewise, his claim that he was a disciple and piano student of the elderly Franz Liszt is untrue. In all likelihood, Albany never even met Franz Liszt. To list all of Albany's fibs is to waste our good time. So here are the biographical facts, short and sweet. He was born on May 29th, 1860, 163 years ago today, in the northern Catalonian town of Camperdon, a few miles from the French border. He first performed as a pianist publicly at the age of four. His concert career began at the age of nine. In 1876, at 16, He studied briefly in Leipzig and Brussels. In 1883, at the age of 23, he began to compose avowedly Spanish works. That same year, he married a piano student of his named Rosina Jordana. Itzhak and Rosina had five children, only two of whom survived their early childhood. His daughter, Laura, became a painter, and his son, Alfonso, became a professional soccer player. He played for Real Madrid before becoming a diplomat. Between 1893 and 1909, Albany lived in Paris. Yes, for 16 years this arch Spanish nationalist lived in Paris. That's because in Paris he could make the sort of money enjoy a degree of celebrity, and live in a style impossible back in Spain. So Albany joined that long list of expats who extolled the virtue of his own country while living in Paris. Not a single one of us should have a problem with this. Albany composed his magnum opus, Iberia, between 1905 and 1908 while in Paris. He died on May 18, 1909, 11 days short of his 49th birthday, in campo les a spa in southwestern France. The immediate cause of death was heart failure, brought on by kidney disease. He is buried in monjuic Cemetery in the hills above Barcelona, IBERIA Walter Aaron Clark, whose biography of Albany remains the definitive English language study of the composer writes this, quote, Albany's death was a great loss for Spanish music, but one cannot escape the suspicion that in the 12 piano pieces of Iberia completed a year before his death, Albany had given the best he had to offer. It is hard to imagine what he could have done to top it. Certainly, the works left unfinished at his death held no promise of doing so. In Iberia, he brought forth a bona fide masterpiece, without a doubt one of the greatest collections of keyboard works ever written by the foremost Spanish composer in the modern era. Unquote. Given his own choice, um, I think we could be rather sure Albany would have been more than happy to live beyond his 49th birthday and compose works inferior to Iberia. But okay, we get Professor Clark's point. That point is that to a degree beyond any of his other compositions, Iberia synthesizes every aspect of Albany's artistic nature his passionate love for Andalusian art and music, his nationalistic Spanish pride, his exceptional compositional technique, his prodigious pianism, and his fascination with the contemporary Parisian avant-garde, most notably the music of Claude Debussy. When we return tomorrow, and Dr. Bob prescribes, it will be with an exploration of the nature of Andalusian music, the ways in which Albanese Iberia captures those aspects of Andalusian music, and a recommendation for what is, in my humble opinion, the definitive recording of Iberia. Until then, thank you. To sample and download one or all Of my many courses on subjects musical produced by The Great Courses slash The Teaching Company, please visit my website at robertgreenbergmusic.com.